0: you have to really want to do what you're doing and life's so freaking short that it's like why not put your all into something that makes you happy if you can become successful with it then that's great if you can just survive then that's awesome too
1: i want to be my current self from this point forward i
0: want to learn how to play piano
1: working with human beings drinking wine in the middle of the day
0: i want to be a five-
1: I'm going to be the next greatest painter. Just
0: kind of work with kids. Getting them ahead and like I want to be a welder. I want to be a beach bum. I want to be
1: a baseball
0: player. Brewmaster. A
1: winemaker. Professional snuggler. Let me mention those sweet, hot lavender baths and writing in the evening. What's up, everybody? This is Blake Fletcher, the half-hour intern. In today's episode, it's going to look like a repeat, but I promise you it is completely not. The title of the episode is Musician. Um, however, the last one was with Rocky Votolato. This episode is going to be with Lucy Graves, who has an absolutely amazing and inspiring story. And that is why I'm doing Musician again. And hopefully going forward... Um different artistic endeavors or entrepreneurial endeavors I will be doing multiple times. Just like how there are entire shows on iTunes, uh, entire podcasts devoted just to interviewing entrepreneurs about how they did what they did. I think it's really worthwhile to hear from artists and entrepreneurs about um, their own unique story. And Lucy's certainly is very unique. Um, So Lucy uh, is from New Zealand, moved to America to go to Berklee School of Music. After graduating from Berklee School of Music, moved to Los Angeles to try to make her way in the music career. And after a few years of... Um, you know, playing music, but nothing crazy successful, she decided to move back to New Zealand. And when she was just playing at a random bar in New Zealand, um, Prince Board, who you'll hear about during this interview, who if you don't know who he is, he is the keyboardist and one of the songwriter and producers for the Black Eyed Peas. So Prince Board just happened to wander into this random bar in New Zealand after she had moved back to New Zealand and really liked what she was doing, came up to her, started talking to her. They started doing some writing together while he was there in New Zealand. And uh, after ma- having that connection for several months, she ended up moving back to America. And she is now the backup keyboardist for CeeLo Green. So when CeeLo Green goes on tour, she's his keyboardist. And um, she also helps other artists with writing songs, writes songs for... Is like a ghostwriter for, for other artists. And... Um, And she is also now the keyboardist and singer-songwriter for Prince Board's solo project, which is called Prince Board and the Board Members. So, really interesting, awesome story. And Lucy is super awesome. So, without further ado, here is musician. Lucy, thanks so much for being on the show.
0: Hey, thank you for having me.
1: I cannot wait to hear your story and to hear about how you got to become who you are. I don't know the actual statistics, but I imagine it's something like 1 billion people on the planet play a musical (laughs) instrument or something or play the piano, and probably only a few hundred of them get to actually make a living out of it. It's amazing that you made that jump and that you're able to do that.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I'd like to think that too. Think I'm really special, but really, <laughs> yeah, come definitely. On. No, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm lucky, and I absolutely love what I do. So,
1: how long have you played keys for?
0: Ooh, that will tell my age. Um, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> I've been playing keys since I was little. Like since I was probably about seven, I started actually taking lessons. Um, but. The piano has always been around my home, so it was like this thing that I would just hit. Um, yeah, and then, it would make
1: noise and it would make yeah. you excited.
0: Oh, and I'd totally sing along with like bullshit that I was playing, and it would sound like crap. But you know, my <laughs> parents loved me anyways.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, but actually, it wasn't until high school that I started uh, playing piano professionally, like with bands and doing gigs and stuff. And then from then on, I was just like, you know what, this is my life, songwriting, producing and piano.
1: What made you want to get more into it in high school? Was it kind of like because that was a cool thing to do? You're like, I want to look cool and it'll look so cool to be in a band or were you just oh, obsessed with no. music?
0: No, it was not the cool thing at all. Are you kidding me? I was one of those band geeks. It, oh, was, yeah. <laughs> it was fabulous. Um, no, I just really wasn't interested in anything else, to be honest. Yeah. Um, music was just everything. So for me, the songwriting and then the piano playing was like, this is what I want to do. And I'd actually like cut class a lot and just go to the music department and play. And um, it was my teachers there that really kind of kept me involved in it. And I can't thank them enough for keeping me in it.
1: How cool that they would see you show up and they wouldn't be like, You need to get back to your other class. They would just Oh yeah. Oh, All yeah, right, come on in.
0: They would totally help me cut class. It was awesome. I'd get notes from them like, Oh yeah, she had a lesson.
1: Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sure you've like gone back and seen them now and they know how well you're doing and they're just like Oh yes. yeah,
0: no, I keep in touch with them. I mean the two guys, Paul Norman and um Elia Naitel, those two will be my freaking my guys for life.
1: Yeah. That's amazing. How about your parents? Did they try to get you to play piano or was that just something that you yourself pursued?
0: Uh, No, actually, my dad was the one that got the piano in the house because he wanted to learn. And then he started getting lessons when I was like two or three, I believe. And I was like, "Um, move over, buddy. This is my thing. (laughs) It was really I just kind of was drawn to the piano and luckily they did push me to continue you know um, my mum would sit with me every single day before school to practice and uh make sure I practice not in a horrible way but you know yeah. they were very supportive.
1: Yeah, for sure. So, talk to us about your more recent uh, musical history. Uh, I mean, we'll still back away. So, um, if people <laughs> can't tell, you're from Auckland, New Zealand. You're not from the states. Um, yeah. But I saw that when you were about 18 or so, you went to Berkeley College of Music. Is that correct? Yep,
0: yep, yep. That's correct. I decided straight after high school that I was going to get out of there and go to Berkeley and try and pursue. A degree in writing and production so that's what i did i headed over there for the spring semester of january 2006 now uh let me just tell you january in new zealand is summer yeah yes yeah, so not
1: so I'm, over yeah, here yeah. No, dude.
0: <laughs> holy shit walking off the plane in boston I was like, "Oh my gosh, what have I done?
1: (laughs) What have I done?" I made a huge mistake. (laughs)
0: Yeah, those three years of my life were torture. I mean, it was fantastic, but that weather—both summer and winter—I just no, I couldn't do it.
1: How did you even hear about Berklee School of Music? Um, Like, what inspired you to choose to you know come all the way over here and do that rather than just going to some music school in New Zealand?
0: Um, Well, when I was 16, I was playing with the jazz band and the um, funk band at my high school. And my piano teacher, not my piano teacher, our music teacher, he um, managed to get us to play at the Monterey Jazz Festival in California.
1: Oh, uh, Monterey. So that's only about three hours south of where I live. And that's just one of the most beautiful areas in the world.
0: Right? It's stunning. So when I was 16, I got to play there. And, um, Berkeley had a stand there and I, um, kind of just saw it and went over and was like, oh, this looks interesting. Yeah. That's really how I first heard of Berkeley.
1: That's so cool. When I was in high school, I Mm -hmm. heard of Berkeley School of Music because I had heard about, um, that john i think it was that john Mayer went there um Oops. and he <laughs> <Like a
0: semester. laughs>
1: yeah yeah and, and like you know blew up like immediately after going there and stuff and yep. i i was so confused because berkeley i, I grew up in in california and berkeley mm-hmm. is also a college in California, like a really really good college in california yeah and i was yeah. like whoa this guy went to berkeley and he's a really good musician <laughs> like that's what a crazy life i had no idea that there was also a school of the same name that was a music college only but i mean there's so many famous musicians that have come out of berkeley it's incredible
0: yeah no it's definitely a, a very well-known school and uh, yeah there are some fantastic people that have come out of there it's ridiculous
1: yeah like you so what so talk to us about uh-huh. after going to berkeley so what happens after that
0: after berkeley um i decided i wanted to try my luck in la um so I moved to LA and that was a shit show. Uh <laughs> Yeah,
1: no doubt. That's where um, I'm no, from. it
0: was just really hard, you know. I didn't know anyone. Um I didn't really know how to get into what I wanted to do exactly. And to be honest, I didn't really know what the fuck I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I knew I wanted to write um and obviously I loved playing piano, but to be honest, I didn't think that was something that I was going to do as a career. Yeah. So, yeah, when I moved out to LA, it was just – it was very difficult. and um, So, So you
1: hadn't even really decided that you wanted for sure a career in music yet. You just wanted to move out to LA just – kind of for the inspiration of moving across oh, the country no, in I California? Oh, no, I definitely
0: knew music was it. I mean, to be honest, I have no other skills, so I'm screwed if I don't do music. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, no, I knew I wanted to do music. It was just more I wanted to just be a songwriter and a producer.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: That's what I wanted to do. The whole playing for people, especially touring with people, was not something I had really thought about.
1: So how yeah. do you – like? I guess, how do you start breaking into the industry in L.A. and go over that whole process with us? Because I, I got to imagine it's really similar to moving to L.A. and trying to be an actor. If you yeah. if you do decide, I'm like, OK, maybe I can write some songs for some people, maybe write some songs for TV shows or do whatever it is. Right. There's probably thousands of people moving to L.A. every year with that exact same idea in mind. It's got to be really oh, overwhelming. Yeah.
0: It is it's really overwhelming and super hard and to be honest that's kind of why I left and um went back to New Zealand just to kind of clear my head and I was so ready to just continue doing music there and then um I met uh Prince Board uh he was um one of the songwriters and producers and keyboard player for the Black Eyed Peas Okay he was down in New Zealand working and uh, he saw me playing in a bar.
1: So, this is after, so you moved to LA after school. Yeah, you yeah. live in LA for a few years. It's not I'm really working out. So, you move back to New Zealand. Exactly. Okay. Yep. And now he meets you at a bar.
0: And now he meets me in a bar. He sees me playing in a bar, singing and playing. And he comes up afterwards and uh, he's like, okay, so, you know, I'm working here in the studio down the street. I'd love for you to come in. I had no idea who he was so um
1: that is I've- so 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 <laughs> crazy that yeah. that's honestly unbelievable like yeah <laughs> the fact that you would basically i i don't want to say give up because obviously you didn't give up because you were still playing in new zealand but right. it's like you come all the way over to america to try to get recognized in america and yeah. then you go back and you're just playing in some bar in new zealand and this guy who is the you know big in the music world just walks right up to you and says hey come record
0: oh yeah trust me when i like found out who he was and what he'd done and what he was doing i was kind of like oh gosh i'm a dumbass because i was <laughs> asked like we had a conversation and i was like oh cool so you're in music too and i was like oh you play any instruments so <laughs> you know because
1: yeah because you don't know yeah it's a
0: female if someone approaches you in a bar you're kind of a little bit wary you know like oh the, here's some dude trying to claim his shit you know
1: for sure and i'm sure that that's not the first time that somebody had given you some sort of spiel like oh right. I, I think i could totally help you out Blah blah right, blah right
0: exactly so, yeah. So it was kind of amusing afterwards. I mean, we laugh about it now. Yeah. And um, but yeah. So I went into the studio and I I started. I was playing on his project that he was starting to write there, and then I was singing on it. And then he found out I wrote, and we started writing. Him and his um, team were there, mm-hmm. and then they flew me to Australia to work with them, writing for some artists there, and like six months later him and his team pretty much were like you know what dude you need to move back to the states
1: <laughs> that's so cool that's so cool
0: yeah so after knowing them for like six eight months I was like okay fuck it
1: <laughs> I will do whatever you tell me to do right yeah. now Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean it was I like it felt right too you know and it, it almost felt like this was the right time rather than before
1: yeah definitely so it's interesting how life works like that it's like you know some maybe some part of you needs to be more prepared you know for whatever it is you're trying to undertake
0: oh yeah definitely i mean you cannot rush anything no matter how frustrating it is
1: yeah yeah i hear you yeah all right so uh prince board tells you to come out to the united states what what happens next you just start recording with him
0: yeah well i was working on his project um i ended up uh being part of his band as well, playing keyboards and singing. Um, And he just starts introducing me to anyone and everyone that I should know. Um, So that's how I got into doing songwriting sessions over here, was I was just, he just introduced me to a bunch of people, him and then his other production partner, Sleep D's. They would just invite me into sessions and I would go and write and I would meet people and it just kind of snowballed from there.
1: And so what are songwriting sessions? Is that just kind of a brainstorming session for no. musicians?
0: No, songwriting sessions. They're awesome, dude. I mean, it's, you can either be writing specifically for an artist and you'll go in a room with a producer or a couple of producers and a couple of songwriters and you pretty much sit there and you finish a song. Wow! For that artist, or for someone in mind, or a, a TV show, or whatever you're working on at that time.
1: What are the considerations that go through the room for everyone? If you if you know a specific artist that you're going to be making a song for.
0: Um. Well, usually you'll get a breakdown of what they're looking for. Mm, interesting. Um, yeah. So most of the time, you'll get a breakdown of like you know we're wanting a pop track. We're wanting it to be happy or let's talk about clubs or some bullshit like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. But to be honest, a lot of the times, like it's the songs that you're not really writing for anyone in particular that get noticed, you know?
1: Yeah. What is it like just in general writing songs that then you end up not being the one performing? Is is it strange? Like do, I, I assume there's got to be some kind of internal struggle of like, what the hell, man? Like I sh- this is my song. Like I should be the one playing this and I should be the one getting, uh, you know, recognition for this song.
0: Um I guess it depends who you are. I never I've never been worried about that. Um me personally, like I would love to do the whole artist thing, but that's not a focus for me right now. So Songwriting was always what I just loved and my passion. And hearing a song that you wrote be complete and done by an artist is probably one of the most amazing things ever.
1: Yeah, I bet. So
0: I don't think there's any, I, I don't want to call it ego because that sounds like such a bad word, but like there is no ego in songwriting when you do get someone else to sing it. Like it's kind of just more. It's humbling in a way, you know, because someone else is doing your work.
1: Yeah. And it's still got to fill you with a bunch of pride. To your point, it's like uh, it'd be like having, uh, you know, having a baby and then, you know, they grow up and they become this really successful adult. It's like, wow, like they did it, you know, And it's like the same thing with your song.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, no, songwriting is amazing. And just, you know, the fact that you can touch like the world with a piece of music is probably one of the best feelings ever yeah
1: yeah that's amazing
0: I know got all serious for a second
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right let's let's jump back to the storyline then so at some point a major thing for you in your life I imagine was meeting CeeLo correct
0: yeah that was pretty funny
1: when when and how did this happen
0: well so um I had been working with Prince for ages and then him he him and silo have the same management, um primary wave. And they found out that you know silo was looking for a new band and they were gonna get Prince to uh musical direct it. Prince board that is sorry. Yeah yeah. Um anyway so uh he was telling me about the auditions And so me and Prince Board's drummer, we were like, okay, we're going to go audition. This will be cool. You know, and um, we had to sit through two days of auditions, a bunch of girls, um, because the band are all females. Yeah. Um, And it was really interesting. Uh, Got to meet some great girls, like so many talented females out here. And then yeah, after three days we got the call, like, yep, yeah, you got the job.
1: <laughs> wow, that's so crazy. Do yeah. do you even get to ask or do you know like what it is that sets you apart that makes you get the job?
0: No, not really. They don't I mean, it is based on obviously skill and um, you know, how you perform. But I think it was also um a mixture of how we gelled with the other musicians as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm and uh you know in this industry a lot of it not a lot of it but some consideration is look
1: yeah i totally i'm sure that i mean just because the the artist wants to have like a particular vibe on stage and like do you fit the vibe that i want to put out
0: exactly that's exactly right so you know that is considered slightly but i'd like to uh i'd like to say that it was all based on talent, and we're absolutely fabulous. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: right. So wh- how does that all work? Do you then get signed to a contract? Is it like, okay, you are going to work with me for this amount of time, or is it just like a day-to-day thing, and we'll see how this goes?
0: Um, Yeah, there's only so much I can say because I did sign a non-disclosure.
1: Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but but um, no, it was mostly, I mean, there was something signed, but it wasn't a set period of time okay uh so until we get told otherwise we are CeeLo's band <laughs>
1: okay cool <laughs> yeah so how long has that been going for now
0: uh almost two years
1: wow awesome. yeah So yeah. i want to say around two years ago i was visiting las vegas and he he is he like a resident in las vegas now or for a time period had uh, had a stint at a hotel was, there
0: No, yeah, he was. He was doing a residency in Vegas right before the new band came on.
1: Okay, cool. So I will definitely not ask you questions about that. Yeah, Um, it wasn't me. (laughs) Yeah. So talk to us about touring, travel accommodation, stuff like that. Because I know a lot of people that are in bands or have been in bands, and I'm sure none of them have as nice of accommodations as you get.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, um, so when we first got, brought on with CeeLo, it was awesome. Um we yeah, we actually we did a bunch of spot dates, but then we also went on tour with um we were opening for Lionel richie Whoa. Yeah. So we were doing his America and Canada tour. Wow, crazy. Yeah, so that was kind of my first experience of touring, which I've been told by all our techs that we were lucky. So <laughs> yeah. that this is not what most people get to experience when they first go on tour. Yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you know, I don't want to say like, oh, this is what tour is like because we were definitely lucky. We had a fantastic tour bus.
1: Okay, that's so. that's what I was gonna ask. So were you flying, yes. driving? So you were driving, but it was a big tour bus.
0: It was it was a tour bus with uh how many were there was the band which is what I six six of us. Cool. In the band. And then um yeah so we were all on that tour bus and it was awesome
1: i bet that's gotta be such an amazing experience how long did that tour last
0: uh it was like two and a half three months cool yeah and it was cool dude i mean you kind of lose track of time because you are traveling between so many different cities and then you're playing you rarely get like you get a little bit of time off, but not really, you know?
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So you really, the days just start going into each other. <laughs> and, and it's um it's pretty amusing.
1: When you're playing with CeeLo, I mean, what is the average size of these places that you're playing?
0: Um, that I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> um, for that tour, I think, like, they weren't huge venues. They were amphitheaters so um that's i mean
1: kinda, yeah that's kind of like Noxy, <laughs> like amphitheaters are huge by their nature that's like uh, as big of a place as you can play in but
0: i think i think like max was maybe um oh i don't want to get this wrong i don't like fifteen thousand.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so crazy. That's could be so, so crazy. Gone, well, so, no, it, I, I can't imagine, like, how is Lionel Richie going to play in smaller places than that? You know, like, I, yeah. it, it's got to be something like that, you know?
0: Yeah, I guess. It could have been. I, there were a lot of people.
1: <laughs> yeah, there, there were a lot. There I mean, were enough that I couldn't count every single one of them.
0: Yeah, but mm-hmm. the, those were small compared to when we went on tour in Europe after. Oh, really? Yeah, we were doing like 70,000. Whoa. And festivals and stuff.
1: and Yeah.
0: That was fantastic as well.
1: I bet that yeah. is incredible. So yeah. yeah. Talk about some of the places, like how has your life changed? Talk about some of the places that you've gotten to visit and experiences that you've had since, since now being yeah. part of this.
0: Um, well, my life has changed quite a bit. I've become very, um, it's hard to wake up in the same place every single day because yeah. once you've been on tour, you're so used to being in a new place that, you kind of you get really fidgety easy
1: that's interesting
0: (laughs) yeah but um man i've just been lucky to play in some of the venues that i looked at as a as a kid you know and now i get to play them like last year we played at red rocks in denver
1: yeah so amazing
0: i mean and dude I, i visited that when i was like 18 and i was standing there going oh i'm gonna play here one day and then last year I got to play there.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so crazy.
0: Yeah, so it was special. It's real special. The places we get to play. I mean, we played at Bethel, which is where Woodstock was. Wow. Um, yeah, and that was kind of awesome too. Just, you know, the history there.
1: I bet. Have you, <laughs> at what other um, areas of the world have you gone to? You obviously went to Europe. Have you done any tours in Asia or anything?
0: N- no, not, we haven't been to Asia yet. Uh, we, were, we went to Guam this oh, year wow. which was fun and hot as hell <laughs> um <laughs> but, but guam was awesome but no we've just we just did uh europe and i'm trying to remember where we went we went to serbia and uh, we went to england we did um copenhagen we did brussels we did we went to basel um, oh my gosh! The Europe tour was insane. We had like seven different countries in ten days. Whoa! So, and that was flying. That wasn't a tour bus. Yeah. And flying is worse than a tour bus, to be honest.
1: <laughs> Do you have like, a like a private jet or what?
0: No, <laughs> no. You're just with, you're just
1: with all the normals.
0: We're just with everyone, which is actually awesome, though. Yeah. Um,
1: what is that like? A, 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 like when you're on and off tour and stuff. What is it like? Kind of going back and forth from being a famous person to a non-famous person. Like for, for someone like CeeLo, for example, like he just is famous. Like there's no going back to being not famous. Like people recognize that dude's face everywhere, you know, versus you. A lot of people don't recognize your face. So you get to live this lifestyle. You're living basically the same lifestyle as CeeLo while you're touring with him. I'm sure that there's like after parties or whatever that you're there and hanging out with famous people Right. And then all of a sudden you're not famous. What is that like?
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like you're a superhero.
0: But I am a superhero. All I got to do is go to a telephone booth and change. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's great, actually. Um, I wouldn't even say that I was famous at all, to be honest. Um, you but know, you, you, could... get,
1: you get to experience what the lifestyle is like for a famous oh, person. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you know what? That's, it's kind of fun. It's it's and I suppose I'm saying that because I'm not in that all the time, but it's like a game, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, okay, right now I'm going to be this person. Yeah. I'm going to experience this life like this. And then no, no way. Now I'm just going to go back to normal.
1: What (laughs) what are some of the more interesting, crazy, like exciting, memorable experiences that you've had on the like famous end of the spectrum, like a party that you were invited to where you're just like, holy shit. Like I can't even believe that I'm here right now.
0: This is, oh, I don't know how to make this sound good. I'm going to sound like an asshole right now. No, but, that's, <laughs> um, but you know, like for instance, if you are in a different city or, in, you know, if you're, if you're traveling and you know, the show finish it, finishes and you get to go out after what we like to do is we just like to bar hop and we like to go to as many different places as possible. Just meet different people and kind of get the vibe of the city we're in. Awesome. But sometimes the bars that we want to get into have a huge line. So we've (laughs) learned how to (laughs) learn how to talk our way to slip, like to slip in the front.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely.
0: Just by, um, you know, I mean, we're not lying. We say we're part of CeeLo's band. Say we play with Prince Boyd. Like, you know, we're telling the truth with everything, but just being able to say that, does get you ahead in certain situations. So. I
1: would say that literally all the time. I would like go <laughs> into like Taco Bell and be like, "Look, I'm still a <laughs> greens keyboardist. I don't know if you want to charge me the three dollars for that taco right now. You might just want to give it to me."
0: I'm sure they'd be like, uh bitch, you <laughs> should be able to afford that, honey. Like, <laughs>
1: yeah. Come on, we're gonna charge you six dollars."
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. No, it's a it's definitely a different lifestyle and um. Oh, we did get to fly private for one show. Got to fly private jet.
1: That is awesome. Talk to us about what the private jet lifestyle is like. I've seen a couple photos, but I don't really know um, any. I've never heard an account of what it's like being on a private jet.
0: Um, okay, so if you can't fly in a private jet forever, don't fly in one because it's torture because <laughs> all you want to do is stay in it. Um, <laughs> Seriously, we uh we got to we were doing a show in Houston and um yeah, we flew a private jet there and private jet back. And it's just it's so comfortable. There are no rules like in every other flight. You don't have to go through security. They have like the fridges stocked with food and drinks and it's just like it's smoother. And
1: you're just like up and walking around while the plane's taking off just because you can.
0: Yeah, totally. And then, you know, not only that, but all the seats are like first class, first class seats. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's kind of, it's, I don't know, it's just awesome. And afterwards, you're just really gutted that you have to go back to normal. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah. They just have to kick you off the plane when you get to Houston. You're like,
0: I'm not leaving. Yeah, I was like, nah, I just, you know, can we just keep this? Can this be ours for life?
1: Uh, yeah, for sure. I know yeah. CeeLo. You have to give this to me. So, talk to us about working uh, more with Prince. Board now. I saw that he is now starting. Uh, I don't know to try to kind of make his own music career yeah, rather yeah. than just doing producing, and that you're also in in his band. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, he is now. Um, he is branching out as a solo artist. And um, I've been in his band for the past like two and a half, three years.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, this most recent album on an EP that we're about to release, uh, I actually co wrote.
1: Wow.
0: So, yeah. And to be honest, the sound is so different from other stuff that he's done that I think people will gravitate towards it more on a solo, like, oh, this is him now.
1: I. You know? I went to the website and I clicked oh, uh, uh, to like the most recent single and it was so good and so rad and so upbeat and just like kind of different, like a real nice like combination of yeah. uh, kind of like rock and pop and like yeah. fun, fun, funky music and... Uh, I loved it the very I don't know if you've seen this I'm sure you have like the very top comment on the YouTube video is this Mm -hmm. person saying like I have to listen to this song every day before I go to work like otherwise it's a bad day and I was like that's so cool man like because they were talking about like just how the vibe of the song is so like upbeat and happy that it makes them happy before they go into work
0: I love it is this for rock and roll
1: uh yeah yeah yeah
0: Uh, awesome man that is like the best feeling ever that's so cool having that oh that is so cool yeah, dude. I mean, this new shit is. Ah, I'm so happy about it. It's um, it's kind of like my baby as well. Yeah. Obviously. Um.
1: I think it's but- gonna blow. I mean, it actually, truly does sound unique, which is so rare in the like mainstream music scene to see. You know.
0: Thank you. Yeah. No, we really like it. So it's it's Prince Board and the board members.
1: I. Which- That's so cool. I <laughs> love that. I love which that.
0: Is- you know, the band of all girls as well. So has um, there been
1: talk about balancing your schedule? Like how does this work now between if CeeLo wants to go on tour and Prince Borb wants to go on tour? What happens?
0: Well, um, so far we've been really lucky because last year when we were on tour of CeeLo, um, so Prince's band, uh, or CeeLo's band now. So when we're on tour, um, we're playing for silo but during the set we'll do a couple of songs of princes and then if we have any time outside of you know touring then we'll do separate shows with prince because we're all together still
1: yeah yeah for sure so uh, what you'll do one you'll do some of prince's songs while you're on stage with silo what silo sings them
0: no silo will um he'll take his little break at oh that point. god
1: we'll, that's so cool
0: Yeah, man, it's been really, really cool Um, Super fortunate, CeeLo's a great dude for, You know, he's so supportive of this project as well Which um, is really lucky So yeah, we do that And then this year, luckily, um, CeeLo's been a bit uh, quieter Because of the new album that he's wanting to release in November Mm -hmm. So we haven't done as many shows So it's actually been really good Because we can focus more on pushing Prince Board stuff Awesome yeah awesome. no it's and um, things are falling into place slowly but surely, and they will work out
1: yeah absolutely how How do you try to stay on top and stay like relevant? I imagine it like is there ever a fear like in the back of your head like okay, maybe this is too good to be true, so it can only last for a certain amount of time, and um mm. I don't know, like how do you try to stay in the right circles of people and stuff
0: um There's definitely no fear. Um, I think it's just more because we're still freelance, you know, no matter what, it's still freelance musician and still self-employed. So it's kind of, you're just constantly grinding and working that you don't really have time to worry about, Oh no, I'm not going to be present (laughs) anymore. You know, like for us to stay afloat and to be in this industry, you just have to keep going. So it's like,
1: that's such I mean, good that's such good advice for yeah. anyone doing anything creative or yeah. an entrepreneur of any of any kind.
0: Yeah, no, it's um you yeah, it is. It's just constant and it can be absolutely exhausting. <laughs> really exhausting, but um you know, it's it's worth it in the end. And if this is really what you love doing, then it's not work either.
1: Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I know
0: that sounds so cliché but it's the honest truth.
1: Right. And that's why you need to try like everyone owes it to themselves to try to find what that thing is for them, you know. Yeah. yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Definitely. I mean, you can't go through life I don't I don't know. I've just never understood the concept of working for the weekend, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah. Oh, I um, know what you mean. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it's like I, the whole I, entire reason why I quit my job to start this podcast. I was just like, what am I doing exactly this is this is crazy.
0: yeah yeah you have to really want to do what you're doing and life's so freaking short that it's like why not put your all into something that makes you happy yeah and you know if you can become successful with it then that's great if you can just survive then that's awesome too
1: yeah i think it was jim carrey during this commencement speech that he was giving uh at at a university a graduation speech he said something to the effect of you have like you have to try to do something interesting and unique with your life that you really care about and that you really love. Yeah, because if you fail, you have the whole rest of your life to do something that you don't care about and that sucks or whatever. <laughs> right. So you might as well at least try, you know, like it's OK. You got the whole rest of your life to do other stuff you don't like.
0: Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, it's tiring and exhausting, but it's worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Why don't we go ahead and wind down the interview with if you could give us a piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice for someone looking to get started doing what you're doing Mm -hmm. or even I mean, man, you're the perfect case study for this. So if you could even go back (laughs) in time and give yourself some advice when you left L.A. and went back to New Zealand, like during that time frame and stuff like what would the advice be?
0: Um, okay, can I go even further back? Yeah. Like straight straight from high school? Yeah. Okay. Now, most people are going to hate me for this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I would suggest if it's music you're wanting to get into, no matter what field, well, unless it's business, if it's more the performance side or the creative side, I would suggest just completely, like, immersing yourself in it go to shows go to jam sessions and play write songs and put them out and try and find as many different people to write with um college can be a waste of time and money if all you're wanting to do is create and perform because the best thing to do is to be out there around it around the people doing it you know
1: that is like, such good advice. And again, advice that's relevant not just for music but for right. certainly any creative endeavor. But again, yeah. also for most entrepreneurs in general is that like networking is yeah. the name of the game. And it is in today's world, if people like you, they will train you up. Like they'll exactly. get you to the skill set that they think that you need to have.
0: Exactly. And you gotta know it's not who you know, but it's who knows you. So Like you really just have to be around it. And I would say if there is a person that you admire, find a way to get to them and be around them and see how they work. You know, because college and all that is great, but it doesn't really honestly give you these, you know, the skills to get into what you want to do. If it is creative, it gives you like a bunch of things, but, it still won't direct you exactly where to go, who to meet, how to know people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I just, I think keep your money, save your money and just go and be around it.
1: I love it. That is a uh, perfect advice. Berkeley.
0: Don't hate me. <laughs> <laughs> they don't even know I exist. Let's yeah. Be honest. Yeah.
1: You can give up the idea of a Berkeley school of music sponsorship or something <laughs> in, in the future. Uh,
0: Oh, well shit happens
1: <laughs> lucy thank you so much we really appreciate it this was awesome
0: no i appreciate it like thank you yeah. it's been good fun dude awesome yeah this have, is great
1: yeah have a great day have a great life tell us talk to us about where we can find you so everything that you're working on
0: ah yes well all social media sites facebook instagram and twitter uh my name thing is just lucy graves that's l-u-c-y g-r-a-v-e-s and then for website i don't have one up for me personally yet but for the music go to princeboard.com and that's p-r-i-n-t-z b-o-a-r-d
1: and definitely from there go and check out that uh that new single on youtube that yes. rocks.
0: Yeah, rock and roll, and we just released a new one called "Fucking A, dude. Oh,
1: "Fucking A, dude. Fucking yes. A. That's... You need
0: to hear it. <laughs>
1: so. uh, I'm going to go listen right now.
0: <laughs> okay, that's awesome.
1: All right, thanks, Lucy. Take care.
0: Thank you. Bye. Hey,
1: everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I hope you're inspired by Lucy to just keep persisting and never give up on your dream. I just think her story is so cool that when she left america went back to new zealand that's when everything just randomly worked out for her she didn't give up faith she kept on playing music and in the end everything worked out great so great story there um wanted to let you all know i had mentioned in an earlier episode about uh you guys submitting questions for upcoming interviews so i will be doing some new interviews this week uh an interview that i have coming up tomorrow will be with Uh, a woman who does cosplay uh, which is you know dressing up in a costume and going to these events dressed up in costumes like comic cons and stuff like that so if you have any questions uh, find me on social media at half hour intern and go ahead and submit questions that way or you can email me through my website um, with questions that you want to hear about cosplay thanks so much